Good morning and welcome to the pop-up thought this morning. My name is Rikke Voberg. I've been writing a meditation every morning between 6 and 7 a.m. for about three or four years now. It's a challenge I take upon myself to reach the old Bible texts of the day according to a Catholic reading schedule and ask myself if there is wisdom in them for this very day. Without too much pretension, just write and see what comes of it. And then tomorrow a new one. Today it gets this title, Never Hungry Again. Pop-up thought, Tuesday, April 28, 2020. We don't know hunger, not really. I think few of the listeners know what it's like to be hungry, and I certainly don't. We don't know the fear of real hunger. At most we have felt the fear of losing all our livelihoods, of an exploding world economy, or of losing our jobs, our home, our loved one. But hunger? No, not that. An unprecedented luxury position in world history. We do know other kinds of hunger, skin hunger for example, these days, the deeply felt intense need for touch, a hunger that eats you up inside and makes you even only a little bit crazy, or the hunger for recognition, talking about hunger, it can eat itself in and make us hollow-eyed, wakeful people, like others squeezing the last bit of food out of the fields or going on a hunger hunt in the hope that there will be food further on in other villages or even in other countries. In this way, 21st century people can roam around for a long time, graze, root in the earth, and eat and eat and find and search because their stomach is crying out for recognition and the hunger knock is driving them crazy. Hungry for love. Hungry for any kind of satiety. We all know hunger. Be it that the hunger for recognition or skin or love can sometimes feel like a luxury hunger. The question is whether it is. Whether the loneliness or the feeling of inferiority can be just as debilitating. I don't know. I can't compare it. Today the bystanders ask Jesus of Nazareth if he doesn't want to do a trick. If he's such a great prophet, maybe he can make something supernatural happen. Then they won't be able to ignore him anymore. They throw a coin in the machine, so to speak. But this machine doesn't work that way. Or maybe it's not a vending machine. And maybe it's not as divine as some people believe. All sorts of possibilities. This is what it says. At that time, the crowd said to Jesus, What sign dost thou do that enables us to see that we must believe in thee? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written, Bread from heaven he gave them to eat. What exactly dost thou do? That's a nice sentence, eh? Hey, what do you do for fun, anyway? Jesus said, Well, I say to you, What Moses gave you was not the bread of heaven, the real bread of heaven is given to you by my Father, for the bread of God descends from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Lord, give us always that bread. Or so to speak, well, come on then. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. 
Whoever comes to me will never hunger again, and whoever believes in me will never thirst again. Nou, boom, there you are. As a challenger. Time to leave the guy or get curious. Who is this man and what does he have to offer? Never hungry, never thirsty. No, at least he didn't want to be tempted into a stunt. He does it for nothing less than the greatest miracle in the history of the people. What is he talking about? Well, he doesn't explain. But he does open up a desire. Never that hunger again. For recognition, for being loved, for certainty, control, future. Never having to be saved by a miracle again. Because it's all already alright. No more being so dependent. No more panic. Because you know it's alright. It's the great mystics and some of the followers of the man of Nazareth. They can forgive without vengeance. They can share without expecting anything in return. They can endure the pain without panicking. And they can hope when there is nowhere to find hope. Because they've learned to trust. That's what the man brings. No new faith. No new religion. But a deep-rooted trust. Not even in yourself, per se. How often do we disappoint ourselves? Not in the other. Not in humanity. Not in your image of God. But maybe in these two things. One, uh, that we, in a paraphrase of the theologian Tim Keller, that we are bigger assholes than we dare to acknowledge and more love than we dare to hope. That's one. And two, that the good of which we are so eager to be part of always waits for us to join in, waits for us with open arms, and that it will eventually win over everything. Trust in these two things, that we are bigger assholes than we dare to acknowledge and more love than we dare to hope. And that the good of which you are so eager to be part of always waits for us to join in with open arms. And that it will eventually win over everything. Those two things. That trust. And that this serves every day as food for body and soul and mind. I think that it might that that might be the things Jesus speaks about in these cryptic works. But he doesn't explain it. So it can all be of a very different meaning. At least I've eaten this morning this way. Now it's time for coffee. Only as an extra. And because, well, it's there anyway. I wish you a great Tuesday. And peace. And all good. <laughs>